Welcome to the Cat City Outfitters podcast. Um, this is episode 53. You got Chris and Brian. Uh, today we are doing thoughts from behind the gun counter. Uh, so some things that have happened over the last week or so and some other things we thought we'd talk about. Uh, we're just going to get on into it. Yeah, guys, uh, the, you know, it's been an interesting, uh, you know, I'm not going to say month or so or longer within um, the gunny, the gun world, the gun guy world, etc., um, but we had a couple of different customers bring up some topics, you know, just recently that, that you know, hey, I'd like to hear you guys, your thoughts on this via podcast or whatever. Um, so so the number one thing that's been talked about this week um, is definitely going to be Texas. Uh, the, what is it, the Outer Belt or Beltway um, Church shooting thing. I wrote about it in yep. the email. Yep, it's in the email. Um, um, let it, me find the church name. Is it Jack Wilson? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, Jack Wilson was... The good guy at yeah. uh, the Freeway Church of Christ in White Settlement, Texas. There we go. Um, you know, so as it, it, you, it, those of you who have the stomach to do something like go and watch the video and see what the after action looks like, um, you know, you had a, uh, a, a what turned out to be the leader of a church security team um, who was also a reserve deputy sheriff, um, which might look a little different in Texas than it does in other places. Um, Texans used to li- used to very liberally deputize people. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know how that works now. I don't know if this guy went through an academy, um, you know, and has you know like a state mandated forty hours of training and so many calls a year, or in a lot of cases, sometimes associate deputies and stuff like that are, aren't necessarily even armed. Um, they're just folks who go out and will ride along with somebody and help out, you know, in yeah, different I situations. He actually ran a shooting school. He did that absolutely. He was yeah. an instructor. Uh, sh- owned a shooting range and training facility, etc., and was an instructor. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to pat the NRA on the back in any way, shape, or form, but you know, uh, I, I would assume probably has some NRA certs and stuff like that, and, and taught people how to ostensibly do good things with guns. Um, in this case, uh, this is a guy who was incredibly efficient in dealing with a threat. Um, he was undergunned. Uh, I, I guess reports are saying a Sig P two two nine and 357 SIG. Um, of course, sales of 357 SIGs will go through the roof for about a minute and a half until everybody realizes it costs about, I don't know, $2 a bullet to shoot ball ammo through the gun. Um, we'll talk about, well, let's talk about right now, the ballistics of 357 SIG, flipping awesome. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're getting a 357 Magnum 124, 125 grain bullet going 1,250 to 1,350 feet per second if it's a decent round. It does amazing things on tissue, even out of small guns. Uh, SIG P229, awesome little gun, awesome little round. Um, also, probably not a good choice for novices because you think 40 pushes you around, 357 SIG really pushes you around, and the muzzle blast is unreal. Um, it's almost like shooting 9mm major out of a little gun. Ouch. Yeah, having said that, very reliable gun. Um, you know, bottleneck pistol cartridges tend to feed very reliably, um, and, and obviously good effect on target, but, but let's give credit where credit's due. Um, the tool's cool, but the guy did the work. And in this case, he did the work super efficiently. Yeah. Um, a single headshot at 40 feet, um, with lots of background, foreground and things going on. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, from watching the video, um, this dude had, had, I'm going to say little or no hesitation. Drew his weapon, set up for the shot, took the shot. Good night, Gracie. End of conversation. Um, you know, one of these dudes, you know, another one of those Texans who has probably a hard time walking around 
because the big brass things in their pants get in the way. Um, this dude did, did work. Um, so, you know, kind of interesting stuff. I, I really don't think there's a whole lot to say about this other than we have a good guy with a gun who stopped a bad guy with a gun, and that's the moral of the story, what, what the left wants you to believe, you know, one way or the other. Um, the fact that he was law enforcement, kudos to him. Maybe puts him in the right mindset. Maybe it gives him a little bit of an edge. Um, but I think the reality check is is that this is somebody who had a significant volume of training, of good training, over a long period of time and was absolutely positively prepared for this. Yeah. He had drilled and done done the work, so when it was time to get work done, he did it. And kudos, too, to the other members of that church security team uh, for getting their weapons out, figuring out what was going on, and then not shooting because they didn't need to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we had a very effective, efficient response. You know, one of five guys with a gun took the shot that was necessary. Nobody else did anything to, you know, to, to, to sully or soil that. Um, you know, if you watch, you know, the tactics of the event, um, sure, they should have taken cover, blah, 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 blah. You can second, you know, armchair quarterback this or second string this all you want. But the reality check is everybody there, well, we don't know that. Everybody who chose to engage chose to engage, um, and, and the threat was met and taken care of. So, um, we, you know, we, we talk a lot about the guns. You know, we'll hear guys saying, well, that happens in my church or my kid's school or this, that, or the other. I'm going to, I would, I'm going to. Um, this, this dude had enough gun to get the work done. I uh, had a conversation with one of our local law enforcement guys talking about the scaling of response to things and what I'm allowed to do. Um, this gentleman, as a local law enforcement officer, carries a rifle or two around in his car, um, and his initial response to any threat is going to be, let's grab the rifle and go do God's work if I have it with me. And then if the environment changes from a permissivity situation to where you can only carry the handgun, then I'm going to carry the handgun and some mags. Um, from there, if it goes to I can carry a small handgun and some mags, that's cool. And then it goes to the big knife and then the little knife, and then it goes to pepper spray um, and impact pin and stuff like that, and then it goes to empty hands. Um, you know, have it, have as much of whatever you can carry with you, with you, if you can walk around your church with a rifle, I'm going to look for a different church. No, um, uh, you know, go ahead and do it. But this guy had the right gun, you know, had, had enough gun to get it done. Brian and I were discussing this. If you're, if you're the guy who carries an LCP two in your pocket with six rounds of mighty 380, um, and something like this happens, you're going to need to flip the switch and become Jason Bourne. Um, cause you're gonna have to close the distance without being noticed or seen or shot. Um, and then, you know, dome the bad guy, take his gun and go do whatever has to be done. Um, you know, or, or make a, make a 40 yard shot with an LCP, which is doable. It's just not easy. And then the question is, will the bullet have enough effect on target out of a two and three quarter inch barrel as a 90 grain 380? Yeah. So be prepared to shoot all of them and then hope and pray. So, um, have enough gun. So, uh, back to, did we mention this guy fired one round, stood up, drew his gun, addressed the threat, fired one bullet. Kind of cool. Game over. Good work, dude. Um, so along with that, also in the last few days, uh, Lancaster, Ohio, we had a police involved shooting. Um, what we have, what was ostensibly, I'm guessing, uh, an EDP, um, somebody with, you know, some emotional issues, um, take a hostage, female youth hostage at a local pizza joint and begged for suicide by cop and at some point it was delivered um good job to those guys if you watch the body cam uh part of that you had an officer gunned up with a rifle respond um was trying to talk the guy down i think did an admirable job of keeping things as calm as he could keep them 
um, and, and engaging the guy verbally uh, for two reasons. Number one, giving a legit effort to talk the guy down, but then also, uh, number two, giving his uh, other responding officers a chance to get positioned up well to where they could take care of business without anybody else getting hurt. Um, you know, again, if you have a stomach for it, you should probably dig up that video and watch that too. Um, some, some really good work going on in Lancaster, Ohio by law enforcement down there taking care of business, uh, and by the sheriff's deputies too. They had some sheriff's deputies down there assisting with the scene and whatnot. So, um, and again, one round fired, taking care of business. So we've got some, got some stone cold, stone cold guys doing work. So pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Kinetic problem solving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, again, just very efficient. We got some guys who apparently have the skills, um, they greased the groove on those skills and have them drilled into place, you know, through their training, they brought enough gun and they were super efficient in solving the problem. So lots of wind going on. Good, good takeaways from that. So, um, so yeah, if you guys are, you know, if you're in the area and you want to further those conversations, you know, stop in the shop, let's talk about it. Cause it's interesting. Um, I think these are fairly cut and dried, but I think they present the outcome and they present the story we'd like to hear as gun guys over and over again. Yeah. Um, nobody else got hurt and the problem is solved. And, and, and what is, uh, what does John say? Something about he, taxpayers got saved a whole bunch of money in both cases. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Cause we don't have a bunch of what it was Republican elected officials turning them loose or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's, that's in Ohio at least. Yeah. That's in Ohio at least. So anyway, um, so one, yeah. one other takeaway yeah. on the both of those events, you know, the 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 good guy shot in Texas was at forty feet, um, which is fairly long for a pistol shot in a defensive encounter. For a civilian, and for sure. For a civilian, yeah. Um, and then the the Lancaster shot was what twenty yards? I, it maybe. It, um, it's really tough to judge the distance. It was not a long shot for a rifle. Um, it but was it was in, still a, a decent standoff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, when you start thinking about, you know, dealing with active shooters or what, you know, in both cases, sort of a, a counter terror type situation, you know, the need to make very accurate shots at some distance, yeah. um, should definitely be part of your training. Um, particularly if you think you're going to be an asset in a situation like this. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're the guy who says that, you know, I'm carrying my little 380 simply to just disengage and get some bad guy off me um, and create space. Um, if that's the only role for that gun, then by gosh, by golly, carry whatever you want. No worries. Um, but if you're the guy out there talking about how you're, you know, you want to be, you want to be somebody that can help out if it's appropriate, if the situation dictates that, if it allows that, um, you know, and there's obviously all the conversations we've had over and over ad nauseum about, you know, the risk you put yourself at and things like that. But there's a reality check to this is, it, 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 while yes, it's technically a self-defense shooting, you are now in a active shooter slash casualty, mass casualty slash terrorist event. And that is an altogether different thing from, I, I use the word simple with air quotes, but that's an altogether different thing from a simple defensive encounter with somebody accosting you and you needing to use your gun um, at bad breath distance. And, and your skills will be measured <laughs> very differently um, than at bad breath distance. So, you know, train, train appropriately, uh, train with that in mind. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, another requested topic. Um, we're going to, we're going to put some of these things under a different heading heading because the topic specifically um, was talking about SHOT Show expectations. We have SHOT coming up here in January. Um, for those of you that don't know, Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show, the largest uh, manufacturer, retailer, and distributor show for the firearms industry. 
um, in the world that I'm aware of. Uh, it, it happens in Las Vegas. It's a uh, half a million square feet, um, a couple buildings, multiple floors. Um, if you're a cool guy in the industry, you're, you're probably going to be there. If you make something, you're probably going to be there. If you distribute something for the farms industry, you're probably going to be there. If you're a big enough retailer that you have deep enough pockets to go make big deals, you're probably going to be there. Um, if you look really good in spandex, um, or multi-cam, you're probably going to be there. Or you know, if you're trying to get a lot of followers for your Instagram account, you're, you're probably going to be there. Um, so expectations. So, so I say that we're going to lump this in with a couple of other things. Um, this time of year, if you come into Cap City Outfitters at some point at the end of January and go, Hey, I just saw this at SHOT Show online. True Exodus slash Knockout Lights slash any other of the 33 million Instagram influencers will be at SHOT Show. Um, and I just saw so-and-so with this at SHOT Show. Do you have them yet? Um, understand that us laughing at you is not really personal. Um, it's just it, you, at some point the ridiculousness of, oh, I don't know. Let's talk about the CZ P10C optics ready gun that was introduced at SHOT Show nearly five years ago and is just barely on the market today. Yeah. Let's talk about stuff. the Hudson H9, which took three years at SHOT Show to get a viable prototype to market and then immediately crashed and burned. Um, let's talk or about the, the Surefire, Surefire Stiletto Pro introduced at SHOT Show two and years ago, just hit the market. Dozen things yeah, Surefire. yeah, and, and you know, and we're not, and these are not, you know, I get that we're picking on Hudson a little bit. Um, I get that maybe, you know, we're picking on some of these companies a little bit. CZ is not an insignificant company; they've been in the game for a long time. Same um, as Surefire. Yeah, same as Surefire. These are companies that that drag stuff to Shot Show, almost to some extent. They're dipping their toe in the retail waters to see what the response will be. And if enough people come in the shop and go, oh my God, do you have this yet? Um, at some point, I'm forced to call my distributor rep and say, hey, contact your buyer, let them know I have 18 million people asking about XYZ. Um, to which my distributor rep goes, they just announced that three days ago, dude, give them a chance to make it. So um, expectations around new items this time of year. I get it. It's really cool. Christmas is over. Mama's turned you loose with the credit card again because the baby's got all their gifts and stuff like that. And now it's January. You got potentially tax money coming back. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but, you know, the, the expectation that the newest, coolest item that they announced at SHOT Show is going to be on the gun store shelves within 72 hours is, is unrealistic. Um, and and I, I will apologize in advance. Um we get a, not salty about it so much, but it's hard not to laugh at some point and, and go, yeah, dude, um, you know, good luck. Um, yeah, we're already laughing at you right now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and so if you want to come in, and, and, and it is definitely an inside joke, you will, I will have people for the next two months. Well, it already started. Um, thanks, Mitro. Um, it already started where, you know, I've had people walk in the shop and go, hey, man, I heard shot shows. Somebody's bringing blah, 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 blah to shot show. And they can't keep a straight face because they know the joke. Um, along with that, just new items from gun manufacturers in general. Um, if you, if you saw it on somebody's Instagram or you saw it on a blog or you saw it written about somewhere, um, go to the manufacturer's website and see if it's even listed on the manufacturer's website, uh, before you start driving all over town, trying to find it, unless you just want to drive all over town. That's totally cool too. It's your gas money. Um, but a lot of these things are, are announced, especially around this time of year, trying to drive sales and get people to go to a manufacturer's website when XYZ item's not there. Maybe they'll buy something else anyway. 
Um, so a lot of these are sales drivers. Uh, they're, they're things that they're putting out there to generate some interest in their website because that's where they sell stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it, it also gets them the hits they need because some people will actually call up a company. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the little rectangular thin thing you carry around in your pocket that you watch videos on is actually a telephone. Um, you can dial numbers on it and talk to somebody else real time that's in a totally other place. Um, no typing of letters or words involved. It is flipping amazing. As archaic as it is, it still works. Um, pick up the damn phone and call them and ask them, hey, are you actually making these? What distributors are you shipping them to? Who has them in stock? Um, did I mention the thing in your pocket's a telephone? It's called a cell phone. It also does a lot of other cool stuff too. Um, you can email them and ask them about it, but don't go on Instagram or on their IG page or their story or whatever it's called and, and cry because they didn't respond to you in three seconds. Um, having said that, understand new items take a little while to get to market and they do this in reverse so that you come to us, we go to the distributor and we all cry up the chain until they decide if they want to make it or not. So understanding new items are kind of weird like that. Most of our customers get that. Um, some of you were not laughing at you. were laughing with it. No, we're, we're laughing, laughing at, at you. you. Okay, cool. Um, let's see here. So we talked about new items in general. Along with this managing expectations thing, um, I'll, I'll, sometimes we come across as a little bit harsh um, in that regard. Uh, I, I really want to be ahead of you and your expectations as the customer. That's my job as a salesperson is to manage your expectations and to let you know for sure. Generally, I will under-promise and over-deliver. Um, I've dropped the ball on that maybe once or twice in the last four years. Jeff, I apologize if you're listening. Um, generally, you know, we, we give somebody dates, we give them lead times, we can tell them what's up, and, and I'm going to pad that a little bit to make sure you're not mad at me, um, but not by a lot. I'm going to give you what I think is an honest best case or an honest scenario for you getting the new toy you want and what kind of time frame it's going to happen. Um, I'm going to throw the entire NFA branch of the ATF under the bus right now, and God, I hope it's a big freaking bus with like concrete blocks in it. Um, NFA branch right now, we're still running 10 to 12 months to process Form 4s. I know that you can go out there and hear about the 60-day wonders. Um, there are a few Form 4s that have been processed for suppressors for individuals in 60 to 90 days. That is an anomaly. That is a statistical outlier. In general, we're running 10 to 12 months. Um, if you just submitted for your CAN and you're calling me within 30 days going, Hey, I heard about a guy who goes to CAN back in 60 days. Do you have a stamp for me? While you're calling me and asking me that, I'm not getting work done that I actually need to get done, which might be processing someone else's stamp or possibly yours. Um, if it's been 10 months, absolutely, you're welcome to call us and check in. Um, but you might want to check with NFA branch first and ask them, hey, have you guys processed my stamp yet? Also, understand that when NFA branch tells you, uh, yeah, we processed your stamp on December 20th. Um, they are on average taking 10 to 14 days from, from an approved date on a stamp to a postmark on the envelope plus mailing time. Just had a customer who spoke with someone at NFA and said, yes, your stamp was processed on this date, but it could take up to 30 days for us to mail it per the ATF right now. Um, now, I don't know if that's a drone in the ATF, you know, telling this guy, get off my back and stop calling me. Yes, it's on the way or, or what, but I, I, we're, we are definitively seeing dates stretch out two to three weeks 
from when the stamp was approved to when it actually arrives to us. And then we have a 24 to 48 hour processing period for that stamp because we have paperwork we have to get in order for you. We have a uh, the device we have to pull, confirm everything's in line, etc. Um, all the while doing you know the rest of our daily business. So um, you know if if you're if you're calling me to check on your stamp and it's only been three or four months, again probably going to be a little bit salty, maybe give you a little bit of grief. Um, for sure, put your stamp at the bottom of the pile when it arrives. Um, just kidding, not really. Um, so managing expectations, talking about you know requested conversations uh, from folks. Uh, we love processing NFA stuff. I love handing somebody a suppressor um, because to me, having to say mother may I is a stick in my eye from the government, but handing you that can and knowing you have it, it to me is a stick in the government's eye and hopefully they, you know, there's enough good guys with enough tools that at some point they'll wake up and get nervous, although I don't think they have that much hubris. Um, but anyway, so just some things to consider there too. Um, form ones, two to four weeks, maybe six weeks. Form yeah. ones are freaking rocking. If you want to SBR something, um, you just bought a you know one of our super cool H and K SP fives that we've sold here recently, um, or maybe a, you know one of our uh, badass little Bruger and Tomei APC nine Ks, sweet little gun, or any of the CZ um, you know pistols, the Scorpion micros, yeah, um, or the FNP nine PS nineties, um, you know something like that. You if you submit your tax stamp on that device or on just a generic strip lower receiver. Um, you submit your tax stamp two to four weeks, maybe six weeks on the outside if you're kind of sketchy. Um, right now is the time to do an SBR if you've ever wanted to do one. Um, just consider what it is you're SBRing. So if you were going to go take a class out of state or something like that, don't paint yourself into a corner where you can't take that gun because you didn't give yourself enough time to notify the ATF you're leaving the state. Not the case with suppressors. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? I'm sorry. I thought uh, it was kind of a rant, and I didn't mean it to be a rant. Yeah, everybody so. that keeps putting off buying a suppressor because you don't want to wait, just suck it up, cowboy up, buy the suppressor, and when your tax stamp comes due, it's like getting a second Christmas. That's it. Um, and and the you know we I, I still hear guys too, and I, and this is this is a statement to the guy who's not necessarily the gun guy, um, and, and and definitely not a dig. If you're not in the gun community, you're not somebody who hangs out in gun stores in your spare time and stuff like that. You you may not know, you may be aware of like the American Suppressor Association and the Hearing Protection Act and those things. But if you don't follow it politically, if you're not a gun guy, you don't realize that the, the Hearing Protection Act's dead in the water. Um, so if somebody's forwarding this, this to you as a buddy and you're looking at cans, um, you know, please understand that that the Hearing Protection Act is not going to happen anytime soon. Um, so if that's what you're waiting for, if you're waiting for the federal government to repeal the NFA, um, you know, you know, pray to Odin that it happens, um, but it's probably not gonna. Um, if you think the Hearing Protection Act is going to pass anytime soon, I just, um, that's not what we're seeing. Yeah. That's not what we're seeing. So get your, get, get in line, take your lumps, pay for it and move forward. Um, cause that's the only way you're going to get it. So yep, yep. Uh, last thing I'll throw on there. Um, if you come into Cap City Outfitters, 4465 Cemetery Road in Hilliard, um, if you come into Cap City Outfitters and you see a child, legitimately a child, not a man child, um, you see someone who's ostensibly, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, um, handling a gun, and I'll stop right there. Now we're going to talk about you. If you're the guy who takes a gun, I get a gun out of the case and I hand it to you, and the very first thing you do um, is put your finger inside the trigger guard on the trigger as you're holding the gun. I'm not saying pull the trigger, but just drop your finger right onto the trigger. 
if the second thing you do is you put that gun in your strong hand with your finger on the trigger and then you point at your weak hand with the gun, actually point at it, actually muzzle your weak hand with the gun. And then the third thing is you'll say something like, oh man, I love the fit and finish on this gun. Man, it fit and finishes. It's not a freaking Mercedes Benz. Okay. If you've done those things, now we'll go back to the eight, nine, 10 year old kid. Watch that kid and how they handle a gun because they're doing it better than you. Um, guys, it, it, we've had a couple folks come in here and get a little bit butt hurt because one of our customers brought their eight, nine, 10 year old kid in here who wanted to touch different guns. Those customers and those kids train their children. They handle guns better than 99%, well, 90% yeah. of adult males in this country. Not adult gun guy males or adults, then I should take males out of it. They handle guns better than 90% of this country. And 85% of gun people in this country. Yeah, and yeah, and 80, 80 to 85% of gun people. Um, you know, again, we have a really awesome set of customers coming in and out of here that are that a lot of really well-trained folks, a lot of professionals that this doesn't apply to you. Um, but but if the, the, the two people I've had complain to me about the fact that I just let a child handle a gun, both handled a gun and pointed at, the, at themselves or others within seconds of issuing that complaint or concern. Um, if you see a kid in the store handling a gun, they probably know what they're doing. Um, and most of you hearing this are going to go, no, I think it's cool that, you know, Parents teach their kids how to handle guns. They know what's going on. If you're the person for whom this is somewhat offensive or disconcerting, um, you, you need to get with the game and start teaching young people about guns, safe gun handling, safe gun practices, how to use guns effectively, how to treat that gun like a tool. Um, because I have guys, I have literally have eight and nine and 10 year old kids in here whispering to their mom or their dad going, mommy, daddy, that guy's pointing a gun at his own hand. Mommy, daddy, that guy just broke rule number one. Mommy, daddy, that guy's pointing a gun. He doesn't know what's on the other side of that wall. He doesn't know his target, his foreground, his background, or a ballistic effect. Um, if you can't quote the four rules, please, 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 please watch that sub 10 year old. There's probably something to mm -hmm. learn. Um, that's not a rant. That's a fact. Cool. That's all I got. Yeah. On that note, um, get training so that you can make the four rules of safe gun handling subconscious uh, and actually be an asset um, when you need to be in a gunfight. That's it. And then teach it Teach it to the next generation. Teach it to the next generation. Make it so you're not nervous around kids handling guns because the kids are just as trained as you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, stop in and see us. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as long as we can stay there. Uh, we are at Cap City Outfitters. Um, please don't send us direct messages on social media. Uh, I, I'm the one that responds to this stuff. Uh, I'm generally not at the store when I'm doing it. So social, pick social up the media, phone. Yeah, social media and is remote. Call us. Yep, please. Um, please 614 319 3446 and talk to Chris when he's at the store. And visit us on the web, uh, capcityoutfitters.com. Thanks, guys.